You may be seated. Take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And I want to help you tonight. I'm really, really excited about this Bible study. You may not be as excited about it as me, but I am. So I don't care if you are or not. By the end, you will be. Amen. Romans chapter 10, look at verse number 8. And we're going to read several verses here, so follow along with me there silently. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse number 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith, which we, what's the next word? Preach. Preach. Now, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a what? Preacher. And how shall they what? Preach, except they be sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, uh, saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Now, look at me, if you will. I'm going to come back to these verses shortly. Many people wonder what Jesus was like and what he looked like while he was here on earth. I can promise you Hollywood got it wrong. He wasn't a long-haired hippie with a soft-spoken voice that wiggled when he walked. He was an average-sized Hebrew man. He was a hard worker. He was known as the carpenter's son. The religious world did not accept him because he ate and walked with common people, publicans, sinners. The common man heard him gladly. Matter of fact, this tells me everything I need to know about Jesus. The common man accepted him. He didn't live above everybody. He lived and he was able to relate to the common man. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he, he had no form nor comeliness about him. He wasn't the guy that showed up and everybody said, wow, look at him. Now, after he got done preaching, they said, wow, listen to him. But it wasn't his looks. It wasn't his commanding appearance. He was just an average man. Jesus was not a long-haired hippie who walked around wiggling, blowing kisses, saying love, love, love very softly. Matter of fact, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. How do I know that Jesus did not have long hair? Well, first of all, it was not common for a man to have long hair in those days, contrary to what the world has rewritten. If you go back in the times of Jesus and look at all the statues, all of the men's statues have short hair. 
haircuts like I have right now. Every last one of them. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 14. Doth not nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a what? Shame unto him. Oh, so if nature teaches us that a man's not supposed to have long hair, why would Jesus walk around with long hair? Everybody doing okay? Uh, I'll, I'll come back to those things later. He was manly and successful enough for 12 men to quit their businesses and follow him. Think through this. Brother Scott, imagine 12 businessmen. Jesus walked by and said, said, fellas, why don't you quit your business and follow me? Not going to make a lot of money, but I'll teach you how to do what God wants you to do. And they left their businesses to follow Christ. Fishermen, huh? leave your fishing business, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their boats, they left their nets, they left their money just to follow this man. That takes someone who has a bit of success. A businessman's not just going to give everything up to follow some long-haired maggot that wiggles when he walks. He was loud enough, listen to me, he was loud enough to be heard by thousands of people without a PA system. Now, I don't know if you understand what that means, but uh, I've spoken to crowds of thousands many, many, many times. You don't understand what it takes, even with a PA, what you have to do. But if the PA ever goes out and you're speaking to thousands, you better rear back and fire. He didn't beg people to come to him, but they flooded to him by the droves. Successful people loved him. Religious and political people hated him. And the children wanted to be close to him. The children ran up and the disciples said, oh, 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 you stay. He said, forbid not the children to come to me. And he sat down and put them on his lap and talked to them. You know, kids are a pretty good <laughs> revealer of character. Uh, Jesus made a whip and kicked over the tables and caused and chased out the money changers. Now, a guy in a dress that wiggles when he walks can't do that. He fasted 40 days and then did battle with the devil himself. He was not some quiet storyteller who taught a moral and everyone swooned over how wonderful it was to hear his motivating voice. Matter of fact, Jesus called the names of people doing wrong. He called them snakes and whited sepulchers. By the way, these were the religious and the political leaders of the day. Now, does that sound like the guy that wiggles when he walks, just blowing kisses everywhere? Now, my Bible says that Jesus was a preacher of the gospel. He did not just sit down on a stool with a turtleneck sweater and teach what people wanted him to say. 
He wasn't Joel Olstein. That's not preaching. Uh, he preached the gospel. And not only changed lives, but he changed eternity. And by the way, Jesus didn't preach just to preach. He preached with a hook at every sermon. When Jesus preached, Jesus decided that he was going to preach for people to make decisions and not just to go home and do it quietly on their own. I made a decision a long time ago that if I ever preach a funeral, I'm given the gospel and I don't care who it is. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to bring it out forth front. You've been to one of my funerals. You've heard me give the gospel. I know people, oh, that's, that's a sacred time. And I don't, that's like fishing in a bucket. Well, fish in a bucket need caught too. You can call it what you want, but my job is to get the gospel out to every creature. Just because they're at a funeral home doesn't mean I can't get them to listen to the gospel. Matter of fact, every funeral Jesus preached, he preached, people got saved, and the guy got up and walked away. I ain't doing that. Nope. If it happens here, I'm gone. I'm done. Now, wait a minute. Uh, Jesus was not liked by the formal religious people. As a matter of fact, they hated him enough to chase him and try to kill him for years. They eventually were the ones that did kill him. The politicians didn't like him because he limited their power and influence. Listen to these next statements. Jesus did not try to be liked by the world and pull them in to win them. Jesus preached the gospel and changed the world. Matter of fact, he turned it upside down. Jesus was not trying to be socially acceptable. He wanted society to get saved and change to be what God wanted them to be. Jesus was not trying to be like the world to reach the world. He was trying to reach the world to be like God wanted him to be. And we have far too many Baptist preachers, religious people, who want to be so liked. They want to tell you what they think Jesus is instead of saying what God said Jesus was. Now, I've, I've had this question asked me hundreds of times. Well, was Jesus a preacher type or a teacher type? Yes. I do know this, he was a preacher. I'm going to make a statement here. Jesus was a preacher, but not a psychologist. Jesus was a preacher, not a motivator. Jesus was a preacher, not an exegetical teacher. You'll never find Jesus ex ex exegeting scriptures anywhere in scripture. He was a simple but deep preacher of truth who presented it in common terms so everybody could understand it. Can I put it in our language? He put the peanut butter on the bottom shelf where everybody could reach it. Jesus preached topics and stories. He did not teach church as a seminary class. By the way, there's very few letters difference between seminary and cemetery. They're about the same, cold and dead. Jesus was not only a preacher, but he was a preacher of the gospel. 
Now, he was a teacher. But he did not teach crowds. He taught individuals. He taught small groups. He taught his men. And I'll get into that in a moment. But I want you to understand, he was known as being a preacher. Do you know that there's only one person in the Bible other than Jesus and uh, here in the New Testament, but there's only one that God, the Father, actually calls preacher? Anybody know who it is? Solomon. Uh-huh. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. I, the preacher, capital P. That's God speaking. And he calls Solomon preacher. But those are God's words. That means God was a preacher. We think it's Solomon, I, the preacher. The preacher. Those aren't Solomon's words. Those are God's. Jesus is the word of God. I, the preacher. Now, let's talk about this. We're going to look at quite a few verses tonight, so... Lick your finger and get it ready. Here we go. Jesus was a preacher, number one. The word preach, do you know what it means? Let me tell you. The word preach means a public crier or herald. Remember in the olden days, the newspaper days, back in the 18, 1900s, 1700s, they would have what they call town criers. They would, extra, extra, read all about it. They would stand on street corners trying to sell the newspapers and they would cry real loud to get people's attention about what was in the headlines so they would buy the newspaper. That's what the Bible says a preacher is. He is a, a crier, someone who publicly calls out. Uh, it means to proclaim with force or strength, to declare or show good tidings. It doesn't sound like sitting on a stool with a, what do you call it, a turtleneck on. Let's have a little talk with Jesus. So the word preach literally implies lifting up the voice and crying loudly. <laughs> My preacher used to say it this way, uh, preaching is loud teaching if it's done right. Preaching and teaching are so close, one's just louder than the other. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Just a few pages over from where you're at. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse number 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse number 18. For the what? Preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now look at me. That means preaching is to be done in the power of God, and it's to give you the power of God. It's not just to be done by the preacher, but it's to be listened to in order so that you could use the power of God. Keep going. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the world? Hath not God made this world? Hath not God made the foolish, the, uh, made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that, uh, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, 
It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. Now look down to verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now look at me. The world says preaching is foolish. They say what we do here in church is foolish. I say going to a ballpark, getting drunk is foolish. I say watching guys in long underwear that... uh, look like two hogs stuck in one sack wrestling over a stupid dead pig chasing it down a field and kicking it through some plumbing at the end of the field that's foolish everybody doing okay hearing the word of god that'll change somebody's life is not foolish god uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise isn't it amazing they call me ignorant They'll call you ignorant for believing truth, but they believe all the lies. Well, you're not intelligent if you believe there's only two genders. Oh, wait a minute. Show me, even in their... <laughs> let's use their, and I'm going to use air quotes here, let's use their science against them. Uh, even in their... Uh, Wrong idea of evolution. Show me where there wasn't two genders. Right. Even by their own science, they're wrong, even, even though it doesn't qualify as science. Preaching is God's method. Preaching will not make sense to the lost world. But to every person who gets saved, preaching makes sense. God uses the foolish things to confound the things that are wise. (laughs) Every church that you ever go to, you have a person or two or three, you know, they're about uh, a bag of fries short of a Happy Meal. You know, they're just not quite all there. You all know what I'm talking about, but they're really zealous for the Lord. And uh, I heard... I heard my preacher tell this story. But Lyles used to say, he said, I was at a church in Texas. He said, the town, or the the church idiot. I mean, but he was one of the best soul winners. But he just had, uh, Brother Jack, and you just talked to everybody. I mean, just, just rude, crude, and rough, but just didn't know any better. He said, the richest man in town came to church that day. I preached, he said. And he said, the man wouldn't budge for salvation. He said, guess who was the first person back to him? The crazy guy. He said, that crazy guy went back there and says, are you saved? He said, nope. He said, want to get saved? He said, nope. He said, good. Go to hell then. Turn around and walked away. (laughs) Guy got so under conviction, he followed him right down the aisle. (laughs) Got saved that day. God uses the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. I don't suggest you say that to people. But sometimes it works. God hit a mule harder than a puppy, amen? 
now wait a minute. Uh, God doesn't always use the, the intelligent to reach the intelligent. God doesn't always use the, matter of fact, God doesn't, says that the, the race is not to the swift. God doesn't always use the, the most, what we would call usable person, but look what God can do. If we'll just be used of him. If we'll just let God use us, it's amazing what God can do. So God uses the foolishness of preaching. Now, everybody look at me for a second. If Jesus was a preacher, was Jesus a fool? Only to the world, not to the saved. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse number 16. 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for of necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward, but if against meant my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily, that what I preach, the gospel, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Notice gospel preaching and power go together. It goes together. Let's skip down to verse number 22. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. In this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain corruptible crown, but we in incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so I fight, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body and bring it unto subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, the preaching of the gospel is not about me or my stories. It is about the gospel, but those stories relate me to the people to whom I'm speaking. If we don't bring it down to everyday living, how are common people going to hear it? In a week or so, I'll preach in Massillon, Ohio. I'll preach the 50th graduation of the Christian school that I graduated from, and no, I didn't graduate the first year. Uh, about the 12th or 13th year, but not the first year. It's been a long time. There'll be graduates of that school there whose children are graduating. There'll be graduates there whose grandchildren are in the school. There'll be graduates there from all over that haven't been in church like they should be. But why did Pastor Thayer ask me to come back? He said, you are an example of what our school wanted to put out 50 years ago. And we need you to come back and relate to everybody else what God's done through you because of the ministry of the school here at Maslin. I think he's very wise, not for having me, but for having somebody to do that. 
He's going to be able to relate to a whole group of people. And I don't know who needs reached or how they need reached. But I know this. Every one of those people that graduated from that school or went to that school, I understand them. There's an era of people that I know quite well because I went to school with them. Everybody doing okay? What is that? That I might be all things to all men. I can preach to the children's and in chapel and children's classes and different things or in church. And I'll use stories from my childhood to relate to them. Also, it relates to you parents. To let you know your parents, your kids might not turn out as bad as me. Uh, there's hope, amen? You know, every kid by the time he hits junior high, his brain falls out his ear. I don't care who it is. Well, not my kid. Yeah, right. Hang on. It's coming. Hopefully they find it again. So, God says that we are to use, isn't it amazing? You watch how Jesus related to people. He talked to a woman at a well, and he talked to her about water. Did you ever notice how he used what was going on in their life to relate to them? He didn't sit down and say, okay, let's open the book of Isaiah and let's start in chapter 1 and go through all 66 chapters. And we'll do a 26-week study and maybe after that you'll understand enough to get saved. No, he looked at a woman and said, hey, I have water to drink you know not of. And if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again, never need to draw water again. She said, uh, threw her pot down and said, what can I do to get it? He said, you got to trust me and get saved. He knew how to reach that hook in there. Preaching is one of the avenues by which we get the gospel out. When we proclaim the gospel in a public meeting, we're preaching the gospel. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Ooh, hurry up. I've got a whole bunch of verses to get through yet. 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse number 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and dead in the appearing of the kingdom. Preach. The word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Notice what God says preaching is. It's in season, out of season. That means anywhere. Reprove, that's a kick in the seat. Rebuke, that's bending you over the knee and paddling you pretty hard. Exhort, that's building people up with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers. Oh, not preachers. Teachers having itching ears. That's Joe Holstein. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, stories. With a moral. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Notice how God goes against the teacher types and says, Preach the word. Preach the word. You don't build a church on teaching alone, you build it on the preaching. 
The preaching brings people in so that we can teach them the word. Everybody doing okay? Look at Mark chapter 16. Go all the way back to the book of Mark chapter 16. We'll read three or four verses there, maybe five. Mark chapter 16, last chapter of Mark. If you get to Luke 1, you're almost there. Mark 16, look at verse number 14. This is Jesus. He's getting ready to go back to heaven. He's been crucified, buried, resurrected, been on the earth 40 days, and he's getting ready to leave and go back to heaven. Mark chapter 16, look at verse number 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the 11 as they sat at meat. By the way, there were only 11 because Judas hanged himself, remember? And upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now look at me. He's giving them the devil for not believing that he was who he said he was. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized is saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and what? Preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The last things Jesus told his disciples were, get up off your backside and go out and preach the gospel. Don't worry, I've been killed, I've been resurrected, and they're going to try things. I'll protect you if you'll just go out and do what you're supposed to do. Preach the word. God did not promise to help that young pastor in Maine not have any problems. But as he's, as he's preaching tonight to a small group of people, he's preaching the word and God will protect him. God will heal him. I didn't say God would take all the pain away, but God's going to give him the ability to keep going. Why? By preaching the word. He had demonstrated preaching for over three years. And they obeyed not to just get the gospel out, uh, but it's a, you don't preach just to obey. It is God's method of getting the gospel around the world. Jesus taught individuals or the disciples. He preached to crowds. Now, listen to me very carefully. I make a big deal of this, and I'm not afraid of it. I'm for converts growing. I'm for people who get saved growing in the Lord. But a disciple is not a convert. A disciple, the disciples were Jesus' staff. They were full-time servants. Bible college is discipleship. Sunday school is growth in the Lord, growth in grace. God did not command everybody to be a disciple. He did say that we're all supposed to grow in grace. What is the best uh, training program for converts? Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night church. Soul winning and getting involved. 
Well, are we going to have a discipleship program? No. If God calls them to full-time service, we'll send them to college and they'll get their discipleship. Discipleship is not training a Christian how to live the Christian life. Discipleship is full-time ministry training. Now listen to me. You grow converts, you don't disciple them. I've got to hurry. I've got eight minutes. Here we go. I'm going to leave out a bunch of verses. I'll mention some references, but we'll look at a few. Second of all, Jesus was known as a preacher of the gospel. Now we see what he said about that the gospel needs to be preached. Now we're going to see him as a gospel preacher. Turn to Matthew chapter 4. Quickly, Matthew chapter 4. Look at verse number 23. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic. We'll stop. No. Uh, and those that had palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. They did not follow him for his teaching. They followed him for the preaching of the gospel. He taught in the synagogue, by the way, that was the upper learning area, but he preached to the others, they got saved, they were healed, and the multitudes followed because of the preaching of the gospel. And Jesus was the one that preached the gospel. Everybody doing okay? Turn to Matthew chapter, uh, let's, I'll, I'll mention Matthew 9, 35. Turn to Mark chapter 1. I'll read Mark 9.35. You go to Mark chapter 1. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Notice Jesus preached the gospel amongst all the people. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, as soon as I get there, we're going to start reading in verse number 14. Mark chapter 1, verse number 14. Ready? One more page. There it is. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Hmm. Sounds like he was getting with it, doesn't it? Doesn't sound like he was pussyfooting, does it? Doesn't sound like he was just trying to get people to come see him later and then maybe they might get saved. No, he was preaching the devil out of them. Amen. Mark chapter 13 verses 9 through 11. We won't take time to turn there, but turn to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 verse number 9. This story is mentioned again in Matthew chapter 26. But Mark chapter 14 verse number 9. The Bible says this. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached through the whole world, this also uh, that, she hath that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. 
course, this is about Mary who uh, anointed Jesus' feet. But I want you to notice, he said, where this gospel will be preached. What is the gospel? The word of God. It's mentioned again in Matthew 26. Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And then we're going to turn to a passage in the Old Testament. But Luke chapter 4, look at verse number 17. Look at verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, speaking of Jesus. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there he was delivered unto him a book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the what? Gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and set liberty to those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on them. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. By the way, that is a direct quote from Isaiah 61. Now, I want you to look at Isaiah 61. There's a reason, because we're going to come back to a word here. You're going to notice there's one word different in Isaiah 61 than there is in Matthew chapter, or I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 4. But we'll catch it back up here in a second. Isaiah 61, verse number 1. Now, everybody look at me. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. Remember, two different languages. Now watch this. Isaiah 61, look at verse number 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. Oh, in Luke 4 it said the gospel. Under the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I want you to notice in the Old Testament, it says to preach the good tidings. Correct? But Jesus, did he misquote scripture when he said to preach the gospel? He can't misquote himself. So, <laughs> you have to understand something. Do you remember in Luke 2, the angels came when Jesus was born, and it talked about the good tidings with great joy shall be to all people? Look at Luke chapter 2, verse number 10. Luke 2, I think it's verse number 10. Yep, verse number 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The word good tidings there is the same word evangelizo, or the word gospel. 
I bring you the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. Jesus commanded the disciples to preach the gospel. I don't have time to turn to all of these. Uh, go to Mark chapter 10. I'm going to give you one other reference. I'm going to read this one. I'll shut up after that. I promise you we're going to crash land quickly. Mark chapter 10. Look at verse number 27. Mark 10 verse 27. And Jesus, looking unto them, said, With men it is impossible, but with, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left his house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and for the gospel's. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. But many uh, that are first shall be last and the last first. Notice he's talking to Peter as a preacher of the gospel, a full-time servant. And Peter says, but Lord, I've left everything I know to do this. And uh, there it just seems like uh, I'm not gaining anything. And he said, Peter, you're looking at what other people have accumulated by riches. You may have left all those folks to, to follow me, but know something. You're setting it up in heaven and you'll get it later. You're just not going to get it here. And if you look around, you got more brothers, you got more mamas, you got more sisters in all the churches where you're preaching. If you will make the people you reach your family, your family is bigger than you could have had you stayed at home. This is my family. It is. I've got to quit. That's repeated again, Matthew 24, verses 13 through 15. It's 801. Let me read my conclusion and I'm done. Jesus was not a teacher only. Yes, he was a teacher. But he was known for teaching one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. He was a preacher and a preacher of the gospel so people could hear the truth, respond, and be saved. Jesus didn't preach just to be heard. He preached for people to respond to the message of the gospel. That's why we give an invitation. That's why people ought to respond to the preaching. The disciples were not every person, uh, well... Uh, the disciples were the staff. They weren't every person that got saved becoming a disciple. <laughs> he preached to the public. He taught his staff. He taught his Sunday school teachers and deacons. He taught the people that worked with him. He preached to the crowds. He taught Sunday school class. He taught here. He taught there. But when he got up, he preached the gospel. Our job is to preach the gospel. You as Christians, we're supposed to get the gospel out. Miss Paula, she was telling me how excited. She said, you're probably going to get phone calls. I've been passing out tracts everywhere I go. I said, that's okay. Brother Josh and Brother Juan were out yesterday passing out tracts. By the time he got back, somebody called and cussed him out. I was glad he got his own phone call finally. <laughs> I love it. Somebody, yeah, he had to hang up on her because he told her he wasn't going to let her talk to him that way. 
How can people be upset that we're getting, trying to keep people out of hell? I don't get that. You say, does that bother you? No, that lets me know we're doing the right thing. Throw a rock in a pack of dogs and one hits you, one yelps. Jesus was not only a preacher, but he was a preacher of the gospel. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. So much more I want to say and give you, but it'll do. Maybe we ought to take a biblical approach to how we look at preaching. Not what our tradition has been. Not what our upbringing has been. Not what we think we, sh- we sh- think it should be, but how, what does God say it should be? The preaching and the preaching of the gospel.